Um, I'm just going to invite uh, Ava up to, to read for us. I'm going to read from uh, the book of Mark, um, chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, before Math comes and talks to us. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, Straps of few sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with the water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, thank you, Eves. Um, just pray for Matthew before he comes. Lord, we just uh, lift up our brother Matthew this morning to you. Lord, we just pray for, for him as he comes and brings you, uh, sorry, brings us your words. Lord, we just open our hearts and our minds to what your word has to say to us this morning through math. Also, Lord, we lift up a, a prayer for Becky, who's not very well. This morning, Lord, just let her know your, your healing power too. We pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Good morning, guys. I'm just laughing because I, I quickly just went to the, the toilet and the kids, they, they went in as well, but then as they left, they turned the, life up, the light off on me as a prank. So uh, <laughs> they, know that they know how to get to me. So um, yeah, so today we're going to look at uh, Jesus, about Jesus is coming back and the message of that. But it's almost like, uh, like a, a character study on who is John the Baptist. Uh, or who is John the Baptizer? Baptist wasn't his surname, just like Christ isn't Jesus Christ's surname. Uh, or, like I said last week, a.k.a. Jean Baptiste, which I think sounds a bit better. I kind of little, went down a little rabbit hole, okay, this is not connected whatsoever. But I googled how many people in the world are called Jean Baptiste. I didn't think it would have an answer, but it has a, it's got an answer. So it's got... 70,000 people have got the name Jean Baptiste now in, um, in the world today from this guy over 2,000 years ago. And Baptist wasn't even in his surname. So, like 70,000 people. Uh, and uh, if you look at the top one, is Haiti. I thought it was France, but Haiti speak, a French speaking country as well. So, 52,000 people are called Jean Baptiste in Haiti, but also. For us today, there's one in Wales. There's one in Wales, okay, guys? So, so there's one in Wales. So the, the challenge today for this week is go and find John Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was just, I just found that amusing for myself anyway. But, but who, who, who was John uh, the ba- Baptist? Like last week... Uh, we heard about uh, the last book in the Old Testament, so the, the Jewish Bible is a book called Malachi, and, and John the Baptist fulfilled a few prophecies, one from Isaiah. But, but in the last book of the Bible, Malachi, uh, it says this, a prophecy, so something that was going to happen. God says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. 
then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. And that's in Malachi 3.1. So that was said. And then 400 years after that, this guy John, always known as John the Baptist or John the Baptist, was born actually only a few months before Jesus as a forerunner for him. And John's birth was miraculous. We just celebrated the birth of Jesus for Christmas time, but, but John's birth uh, was also miraculous, as we read, you read in the early accounts of the Gospels. Uh, he was born to elderly parents who weren't able to have uh, children. The mother was past the menopause in that sense, like it was, it was literally impossible for them to, to have children. But then the angel of Gabriel, who also spoke to Mary, went to uh, Zechariah, who was a, a, a priest, uh, and he said that he would have a son. He would have a son. And um, Zechariah didn't believe this because, humanly speaking, it was impossible. So the, the angel said, okay, because you don't believe, I'm going to mute you, so you're not going to be able to speak until this becomes true. And Gabriel said this to Zechariah about his son that he was going to have. He said, he will be great in the sight of the Lord, he even says this, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. So where Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, this is different. He was filled with the Holy Spirit whilst he was in uh, his mother's womb. And he will bring back many people to Israel for the Lord. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, who was another Old Testament prophet, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, and that's in uh, Luke 1. Uh, and John was never perfect. We, we need to say this from the start. He wasn't perfect. He was a sinner. He always continually pointed to Jesus and not himself. But God, it says that God filled him from an early age, even when his womb filled him from an early age. Isn't there a prayer for all the children upstairs right now? And even as we do that, let's just pause and pray for the kids right now, even though they've turned the light off me in the toilet. Uh, let's... Let's pray for them. Yeah, Father, you filled John even before he came out. Lord, in his mother's womb, you filled him with the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, we pray for every child in that upper room right now, in the nursery, in tots, uh, the, the children that come here in the week, Lord, to tots and toys or first-time mums, lighthouse, Lord, upstairs now in junior church, in No Limits, Lord Jesus, will you fill them with your Holy Spirit? Lord, from an early age, you did it to John. Lord, we ask you by your grace, will you fill them by your Holy Spirit? Claim this generation for yourself, Lord, and for their children's children. Don't let us skip, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. And true to the word of God, Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and gave birth to John. And, and at the circumcision ceremony, eight days later, because John was a Jew, Zechariah said this about his son, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High God, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. And Zechariah called him John.
Uh, and John was related to Jesus. Uh, their mothers were, were, were cousins. Um, and it, it says that in Luke 1. And in fact, the angel Gabriel uh, told Mary that she would give birth uh, to Jesus. And she questions that. She's like, well, how is this true? Like, I'm a virgin. How is this possible? But the, the angel said, well, if you don't believe me, go and see your cousin Elizabeth. Because she's also pregnant. Even though she can't have children on the opposite side of things. She's also uh, pregnant. And when they, when they met one another, it said that uh, Elizabeth said that the baby in her womb leapt for joy as he met Jesus, almost womb to womb, the one who he was going to forerun for. And it's interesting that as John prepared the way for Jesus, Elizabeth also encouraged Mary in her pregnancy, that they both played that. <clears throat> and then similar to Jesus, uh, there's not that much we read about them in the Bible then for the next 30 years. For, so for John, it goes a bit quiet for about 30 years. But even last week, we were thinking of people who prepared the way for us uh, in the Lord and just being grateful for them. And again, if you think of someone who comes to your mind this week then or today, maybe just encourage them and thank them for preparing the way for you. But this is the verses that we looked at today uh the, the that we start off today and it says in verse four if you have your bibles you can but if they're not they're, they're up on the screen so mark chapter one uh and it says this it says and so john the baptist appeared in the wilderness and so this is a sometimes we read the bible we kind of think it was a different world or yeah different universe but actually this was talking about things 2000 years ago and as an adult john lived a rugged life in the in the mountains of area of judea between the city of jerusalem and the dead sea so around about this area and you can see the jordan river go all the way from like lake tiberius all the way down so that's that's roughly where theologians believe that that john spent his time where he where he lived uh, and the wilderness is also uh same you would sometimes use for desert so whether it's wilderness or desert it doesn't sound great does it but this guy spent most of his time there and interestingly away from the city if you can see jerusalem there he was away from the city and john lived a simple life as he focused on his kingdom work set before him and he would have been led by the spirit to do that like he said he was filled by the spirit and he'd been led by the spirit to do this and for many people and for us today um john john would have been seen as a weirdo like if you look at that photo there you you don't see that down the catwalk in london maybe not yet but what john would have been seen as maybe a weirdo and he was linked to an old testament prophet in elijah and some people thought that john was elijah reincarnated because a description of Elijah in one of the books of the Bible, Second Kings, says this. So this is talking about Elijah. The king asked them, what kind of man was it to, that met you and told you this? They replied, he had a garment of hair and had a leather belt around his waist. And the king said, that was Elijah. But this was talking about John now. And John, in verse 6, it says, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey i'm sure in time that's probably going to be one of these more modern diets that you'll hear about people trying 
But again, this guy lived in the wilderness. He wore clothes like this. And he just ate locusts and wild honey. So today, people would say, like, this guy's weird. This guy's crazy. Like, this guy's a bit of a freak show. Like, kind of, he's over there, away from the people. Almost stay away from him. But as, we hear, as we'll hear, this guy, John, was unashamed in preaching the gospel. Unashamed in preaching the gospel. And as he did that, even though he lived in the wilderness and he wore weird clothes and he had a weird diet, he was unashamed in preaching the gospel. And yet people flocked to him. People flocked to him. Like we just saw the, the, the map. He was outside of the city, in the world. Yet people flocked to him. John the Baptist, for me, is always a great spirit, spirit level as a pastor when we think as churches or as Christians like we found the golden bullet in evangelism. Like every five years, we'll have a term in church or maybe in, in Christianity, and there'll be books written on it and read on it. And they're really helpful, and they help us as a church to reflect and think, but they're not, they're, they don't last an awful lot of time, or they're not necessarily the gospel. For instance, about 15 to 20 years ago, the phrase that was going around in church, and maybe you remember, is about it's saying it's all about being culturally relevant. Can anyone remember that? Like it's all about being culturally relevant. Like that's what the church is meant to do. It's all about being culturally re- relevant, and that's what's going to bring people to Jesus. But John the Baptist wasn't culturally relevant. Like he wasn't kind of in tune like with the culture. He wasn't kind of dressing the way the culture was. John the Baptism wasn't culturally relevant, and yet Jesus called him, apart from himself, the greatest man to have lived. This guy was different. Or we've used the phrase, and, and, and it's really helpful, friendship evangelism. And we sometimes think, but that's the only key, that's the only way. Yet John didn't use friendship evangelism. Like he was out in the wilderness, in the desert, and yet God brought people to him. Or maybe the most recent term in the last five years is about being seeker-sensitive. And about all churches should be seeker-sensitive. And that's helpful, but John's short message was repent. Like, he didn't warm you up. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And the result was, like, he baptised hundreds, maybe thousands of people. So if you think you need to be really cool or brilliant with people, have amazing skills, like wear really good clothes, or be really popular to be used really well for the Lord, let me just say, that's not true. (laughs) Just look at John the Baptist. Like if you're insecure about yourself or you think you need to be do this, that's not true. Just look at John the Baptist, because John the Baptist believed almost in a, in a book that was yet to be written, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And he also says there, he says in verse 6, he preached a baptism <coughs> of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
So did John the Baptist make up baptism? Like, is that what they call him? Well, actually, baptisms were practiced uh, already in the Jewish community, community in the form of ceremonial um, immersions or cleaning. But they were typically or mainly used for Gentiles who wanted to become Jews. For a Jew, they were circumcised after the eighth, after the eighth day in the temple, and, and that was a sign, an outward sign of their, of their Judaism, of their commitment. But if a Gentile wanted to follow this Jewish God or believe in these ways, then they would have uh, been baptized because they weren't circumcised. And, and baptism simply means to immerse or overwhelm, and, and that's what John did. He would have immersed people in the Jordan River. And that's why we have a baptism pool here where we immerse people. We believe that uh, uh, Jesus said for us to carry on John's baptism, but instead to make it about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to immerse people. The baptism, the best description I've heard of baptism is a watery grave. So you go under and you die to your sin and you come back out resembling new life. So you're immersed uh, into it and that's what we practice today but God John's main message his main message wasn't you're a sinner and you need to repent John's main message was the Messiah is coming like the Messiah is coming and the call to repentance was the response to the news that the Messiah was coming I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I just want people to kind of repent or acknowledge they're a sinner. Like, you need to repent like you're a sinner, and you need to get right with God. But John, and John said about that. He talked about repentance, but his main message was almost good news. Like we heard in Christmas time, good news. The Messiah is coming. Like the Messiah, the, the, the one who loves us is coming. The Creator is coming. The one who is going to save us all is coming. The one who is going to restore our relationship with God is coming. The one who loves us is coming. The one who's going to sort out this sin problem for us once and for all, like, is coming. Like, good news, the Messiah is coming. But then almost like the, the sideline is, so how do we get ready for that? We repent. So the good news is the Messiah is coming. And how did people react to that? And how did John encourage people? Okay, we repent. He's coming, so what do we do? We repent. And to repent is to change your mind on something that will then change your action. Like change your mind on something. Even last night and this morning, you won't like me for this, but yeah, he was, he was doing something, and he was quite annoying in the car. And then he was like, he knew, oh, oh, I just said sorry. So he said sorry, and then literally 10 seconds later, he did exactly the same. Like, that's not repentance. <laughs> that's trying to get away with things. Rep repentance is changing my mind against something. Okay, so I am sorry, and because I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to do something different. And, that, and repentance is changing our mind, which changes our behavior. So repentance for us in 2024, linked with baptism, is to recognize that God is holy that God is holy and that we are not. That God is perfect and we are sinners. That God loves us and that we can receive his love. 
and that he came and he lived and he died and he rose again for us. And so the message is still the same as we hear Jesus when he starts off. Like the Messiah is coming, and so what do we need to do? How do we start this? Like we repent. And when we repent, baptism is a sign of repentance. You believe in the Lord uh, Jesus as your Savior, you repent by being baptized, and you receive his Holy Spirit. And so if you haven't been baptized, uh, if you've never been baptized, then uh, we're going to look at it later next week. But just to encourage you, I, I bought a load of these books just to believe and be baptized. It's a really simple book. Uh, it's, not that, it's not that long, maybe about 20 pages, and it's got some questions on it. So if you've never been baptized, then grab one of these off me uh, and take it. I'll give it to you. And then um, there's some questions there, read it, write it out, and then arrange to meet up, like me or one of the elders can meet up with you. Because it's not just something like we do, or yeah, I fancy it, or oh, I don't really fancy it. Like Jesus commanded us to be baptized. Like we wouldn't just say, like he commanded us to love people, didn't he? So we wouldn't just say, oh, I'll forget that bit. Like he commanded us to forgive those who forgive us. Like, oh, I'll forget that bit. Like he commanded us to be baptized like it's a commandment and so if you've never been baptized then grab one of these off me later uh, and um, it'll be great for you to to have one then and then verse five sorry yeah yeah verse five says and the whole judean countryside and all the people of jerusalem went out to him and they were, the reaction would have been different like for some people who'd been like the day off like have you heard about that crazy guy in the wilderness like, let's go and check him out. Let's go and see what he's doing. Or for some people, it'll be like, oh, how can we get into God's good books? Or maybe let's just go and do like that, 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 that baptism thing, like a lucky charm. The religious leaders, like even they went down to him, but they went to criticize him. They went to say, this guy's false. This, is, this isn't true. But many, many people would have went genuinely acknowledging, like, I've got a problem. My relationship with God is broken. There's sin in my life. And I want to turn back to God and follow his ways. And so many people went and, and got, John prepared the way, prepared people's hearts for them to then meet Jesus. And John was a prophet of God, filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. And Jesus said uh, he was the greatest man uh, to have lived apart from himself and many people think that because he was one of the only prophets if the only prophet to actually see the messiah to be with the messiah all the other prophets were waiting but john got to see and foreign and see the messiah yet john was a sinner himself and later as we read in mark like he even doubted jesus it got to a point when he was in prison he said to his followers, to his, his disciples, can you go and ask him, like, is he the real deal? Like, is he really the Christ? Is he really the Messiah? So even John, take heart, even John had doubts. But some people thought he was the Messiah or, or Elijah reincarnated. But in John three twenty-eight, John the Baptist says, you yourselves can testify that I've said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him and many it says there that the whole judean countryside and all people of jerusalem went out to him 
And ironically, the main people who went to John who didn't get baptised were the religious people. The people who didn't get baptised were the religious people. The people who kind of wanted to do it just for Pete's sake or the people who were critical or the, the Christian leaders. Like John, John wouldn't even baptise them. He said, like, get away, you brood of vipers. Like, if you want to repent, you need to show that in your actions. Like, repent, repentance with faith, that, that shows that. So he didn't even baptise the religious people because they didn't think they were sinners or they weren't like the others. And yet, we're in a world today in 2024 where I was reflecting on it. It's almost ironic because it's almost like the opposite now. And we need to be careful, don't we, as Christians, that we don't become religious. We need to be careful that we don't become the Pharisees, that we don't become like religious leaders, and we need to check our own hearts with that. But it's ironic today because atheists or nominal Christians or other religions would see themselves not as sinners. So almost in the role of the religious leaders, they would see themselves also as like, we're not sinners. Like, we don't need baptism. Like, this isn't for us. The other day I was speaking to a guy when we were waiting for something and we had a good conversation and he described me as religious and him as spiritual. And like, it was interesting because actually the opposite is true. Like, because the Bible says that if you, don't, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, spiritually you're dead. Like, spiritually you're dead. And for him, I was saying my need for Jesus, that I'm a sinner, that I'm broken, that that's why I, 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 I got baptized. But for him, he, he, he was almost saying, well, I don't need that. So even though he, he thought I was religious and he was spiritual, but the Bible is opposite. Like, I was the one filled with the Spirit and he's got a religious mindset that is keeping him away from God. And so that's where we are at uh, today. Because the people then in verse 6, which is amazing as well, think of all the people, all the people who went to see him. In verse 6 it says, they confessed their sins. So they didn't just go down there and like kind of, all right, your turn, like get a ticket or anything like that. They confessed their sins and they were baptized in the Jordan River. There were many people there who recognized their own sinfulness and their need to get ready for the Messiah. Like they believed John. They believed John saying like the Messiah is coming. They believed it. And they were also willing to do something about it. All right, you believe this? Well, do something about it. Get baptized. So for a Jew in John's day to submit to baptism, like that was a massive thing. Like the Lord is doing a great work here with John with these people, because they're essentially saying, I confess that even though I'm a Jew, even though I'm a child of Abraham, even though I'm circumcised, I, I confess that I am as far away from God as a Gentile is, and I need to get right with him. That's what they were doing. I'm as far away from God as anyone else. And so this was a real work of the Holy Spirit. To be baptized by John was to admit your sin and repent of it, which was a great way to prepare for Jesus coming. And the repentance like, associated with John's uh, baptism also, like I said, kept the, the self-righteous away. And then in verse 7, this is an amazing part as well, we kind of read these things, 
and we kind of think, oh, that's just a, maybe a little line or it doesn't really make sense. But verse 7 says, and this was his message, talking about John, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. It says that the straps of untrust doesn't really make much sense. But the message of John the Baptist was simple. John preached Jesus, not himself. And John pointed to Jesus, someone to come, and not himself. And the rabbis, there were many rabbis, there were many religious leaders, and many of them would have had disciples, followers. Even John had followers. And some of them, even in some of the writings, some of the old rabbis, because they were taught to follow their rabbi, their master, even some of them who had like kind of maybe a bad back or walked with that, even you'd have like 20 old guys walking behind them just to resemble their messiah, uh, sorry, their, their rabbi, just to look like them, just to follow them in, in that ways. So they were, they were encouraged to follow their rabbis in any and every way. But get this, the only thing that they said was too far. The only thing that they said uh, a disciple or follower shouldn't do is that they shouldn't have to take off their sandals. Like that was the only thing. Uh, we wanted to do everything, but because I've been walking in like the dirt or the muck, or maybe there was dogs around and they didn't have those little bags, the, like the only thing you don't need to do is take off my sandals. Like, that's too far. Like, that's, that's too far. And yet John is saying here that the one, even though John, hundreds, maybe thousands of people would have regarded John as a prophet, would have maybe believed he was the Messiah, the reincarnated Elijah. And he was saying that, but he said, look, the guy who's coming, I'm not even worthy to take his sandals off. Like, if I was allowed to, like, that would be a privilege. <coughs> That would be an honor. Like that would be like the greatest thing I could do. But I'm not even worthy to take his sandals off. And finally in verse 8, and I'm going to focus on this next week, it says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And John recognized that his baptism was only a prelude of, of what Jesus would bring the messiah would bring an immersion not just in the water but in the holy spirit that was far greater than what john could do even though john was filled with the holy spirit he knew these people needed more and jesus could fulfill that john's baptism could demonstrate repentance but it could not truly cleanse one from their sin nor could it impart the holy spirit in the way Jesus would be able to do after his work on the cross was completed. Some people in the world, and again, another irony today, like some people in the world have been baptized <coughs> with water, whether it's babies or teens, and yet don't have God's spirit today. Some people have been baptized, yet don't have God's spirit. Where others have been baptized into Christ by the Spirit, but haven't been baptized into water. And so next week, we're going to be looking at uh, baptism in water 
and spirit because Jesus wants both. But John was merely a messenger sent by God to proclaim the truth. His message was simple and direct. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near in Matthew. And he knew that once Jesus was on the scene, John's work would all but be finished and he would willingly give up the spotlight. And one of his great lines in John 3 says, he must increase, I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. And that's a prayer for us uh, this week. And so whether whether you haven't been baptised and you'd like to, then grab one of these for us. Maybe you're not a Christian, you kind of think, oh, actually, yeah, I'm spiritual and we are religious. But hopefully I've been able to explain to you the Bible says something different and your need for that. Or maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you still want to pray that prayer. Lord, will you increase and may I decrease? But just an encouragement, it was great. it's been great that I spoke to Liz before the service and she said eight people have signed up or contacted about Alpha. And so continue to do that. We want, to, well, we want these sermons to be practical and challenging as we go and make. And so do that this week because we've still got time to do that. But something I'd like us to, to do this week in result of this is to, is to pray for opportunities to tell people it, that Jesus is coming back. Like when was the last uh, time you spoke to someone about Jesus coming back? I can't remember that. that, that, that it happened that frequent, if I'm on, honest. But people now, in 2024, like, in one sense, they, well, if you start speaking to someone about Jesus, they have to believe in Jesus, in some sense. He split history in half. Like, there's no other guy who did that, is there? So he split the history in half. So where John was saying, look, the Messiah is coming and people were prepared for that. We're on the opposite now. We're saying the Messiah has come, but he's coming back. Like he's coming back. And he's going to raise, the word says he's going to raise the dead of people who followed him. He's going to take us with him. He's going to do a work in Israel, but also for those who reject him, he'll eternally separate them from God. So there's great news, but there's terrible news as well. And so let's just pray. Like you, if you're thinking today, like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> how am I going to... But like if we start to t- tell people about the reality of Jesus, yeah, you can't hide the fact that he has split history in, ta- in half. But then say to him, but also, can I say, like, like, he's coming back. Like, we believe Jesus is coming back. And, and so how does that affect you? Like, what do you think about that? Like, how are you going to react to that? Like, I'm looking forward to him coming back because I know I'm a sinner and I'm broken and I know this life is temporary. And so whether I die or he comes back, it's only good news for me because of his love and his grace. But like, what about you? Like, I want you to join me. Like, I want you to know that. I want you to have that reality. And so let's pray for that. As the guys come and lead us, let's pray for us this week and for these things that we've heard. 
Yet, Jesus, we thank you for John and his ministry. We thank you. Even, Lord, as we joked around, Lord, the amount of people who have been named after him in the world today. And we even just pray for every person right name whose name is Jean Baptiste or John the Baptist. Lord Jesus, you, he was the one who was the forerunner of you. And yet many of these people might not know you. Just pray you'll touch their hearts as they've been named after a prophet who knew you and saw you. Lord, may they know you personally themselves. Father, we just pray for all of us, Lord. Lord, even though baptism is a, is a simple act, Lord, we can, we can, we've made a mess of it as your church. We confess that. But Lord, if there's, if there's people who haven't been baptised, Lord, may they look into it and just read your word and be faithful to your word. Lord Jesus, if there's people here who haven't repented of their sin, who don't know your spirit, Lord, our desire and your desire is for them to know you. Lord, for you to heal and forgive their sin and for you to fill them with your Holy Spirit. So pray you touch their hearts and may they ask for prayer and ask for the need of you. And Lord, this week, Lord, as we're in this land, Lord, of, of people who ultimately don't know you or maybe think they do or your name is used as a swear word, Father, we pray as your people, will you help us go and make disciples this week? Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, you'll help us. Give us supernatural opportunities, Lord, to tell people that you are coming back. Lord, not that just you existed, but you are coming back. Lord, we just pray for your spirit to prompt us, for us to know that when you want us to speak out, and for us to be faithful to that. And Lord, whether people react really well or whether people don't, Lord, just help us be obedient to your word, like John, Lord. And you saw many people react really well, but he would have been laughed and mocked at and criticized as well. But Lord, help us tell people this week that Jesus has come, that he's alive, and that he's coming back. And Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll do a harvest. Lord, that you'll reap a harvest in the people that we share with. Lord, so you won't just come back for us because we, we are unworthy. You'll come back for them and save their souls, we pray. And even for Alpha as well, Lord, this week. Lord, help us be bold and invite people. And we pray for the, we thank you for those eight, but we pray for more. Lord, help us all go and make this week, we pray. For your kingdom's sake, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, God. Amen.